Hey everybody, welcome back to a spooky episode of Underrated. I am Alan Torres, and as per usual, I am joined by my awesome co-host, Ariel Ortiz. And Derek McDuff. Hey, how's it going? And today we're going to be talking about an underrated film very, very close to my heart, because it is spooky season and it's going to be Halloween 3, Season of the Witch. Happy, happy Halloween. Nope. Nope. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> no, not that one? Wait, that's not the one? Oh, that's right. My bad. It's Halloween 4, The Return of Michael Myers, which is also a great underrated film. And we're going to be talking about that one instead. So, to jump right into it. Came out in 1988, 10 years after the original Halloween, directed by Dwight Little and starring Donald Pleasance as Dr. L- Loomis, as, pre- as before. And uh, introducing Danielle Harris, who plays an amazing, incredible, who has a, who does an incredible performance as Jamie, the little girl being stalked by Michael Myers. So pretty much in this one, it takes place right uh, 10 years after Halloween 2, which also takes place at the same time as the first movie. And Michael Myers is comatose in an insane asylum, and he's getting moved over to another uh, hospital and... During that move on uh, Halloween Eve, he escapes and goes back at it and starts his carnage all over again. So, without further ado, I want to hear what you guys thought. It was very much like a... Somewhat of a carbon cop, but there was subtle differences. I think it's just like a bit close to the original Halloween, and I know the the history behind this movie... Kind of, I'm not surprised by that because I've heard that you, but through you, Alan, that they kind of Halloween three was kind of like supposed to be more of an anthology movie, but people were more expecting more Michael Myers. So with four, they returned legit, li- literally returned to Michael Myers, and um, I think because of that reason, they kind of also had like a little bit of an outline of the original. Or even the second one, like adding to that lore that that is no longer canon in the new movies of um of of a familiar kind of um relationship between Michael Myers and then his his main goal that he's stalking and stuff. But then also some of the kills were were very similar to the original as well. Like which this the kills on these like they're they're similar to the original but they're more insane and like more very like, graphic face no, not, graphic fa- yeah but not just that but then like how does that even work like the mechanics <laughs> are just bonkers like for spe- specifically with the similar ones like in the original there's that that famous kind of kill where he like um, stabs somebody through the chest and like li- literally like pins them to a wall. With this one, he does do the same thing of like pinning somebody to the wall, but it's with a shotgun. It's yeah, like how does a shotgun? Gun, I was like, Michael Myers can't use a gun, and then it's like, oh, yes, he can, as long as it's a blood force object. I was like, fuck. But how does it pin somebody to a wall? How do you get a shotgun into a wall like that? That's, that's the part that I was like, wait, what? Like, I really thought <laughs> he was so going to blast her away. And then instead of, like, blasting her away, he just, like, whoom, like that, you know, like, into the wall. And I'm like, what? 
<laughs> so yeah yeah it definitely it shows like michael myers is like being like a bit op of a character in this like he's like ripping people's faces off he's like launching people through like i think like the first time he like him and loomis kind of like met up at the gas station like he yeeted y loomis like across <laughs> the parking lot and yeah, it, it's just a very much a, a more far-fetched version of of the character than that I've you know than I've seen, which which I'll kind of like be 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 transparent here. But yeah, like I watched the original with you guys um, for for you've never seen, and then um, and then of course watched the new ones also with you guys in theaters. And then my first exposure to this to this one was actually when we went to um to Universal Halloween Studios Horror Nights, Halloween yeah. Horror Nights last last year. Um, this was a this was a maze, and um, yeah, and then like I, so I kind of like yeah I read the synopsis for the next one for five, and like how it just goes to kind of like a more mystical kind of like element of like soul transfers and all that and like um or. Not really sold, I, like kind of like similar to Harry Potter and. Oh yeah, that, that, that's like the sixth one. Oh, it's six. I thought yeah, it was five. the sixth the one is the one. weird one. Now Halloween Five, I like. It's not mm -hmm. great. It, it's um, <laughs> yeah, that one still deals with Jamie when she's a little kid, and he. Oh wait, are you talking about like how her how and Michael are? Kind of connected, he, like kind of, yeah, like that, like. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, thought, he, I thought you were talking could, about like part six. Could, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, she could kind of like see into his mind and stuff like that. It's kind of like awkward. The beginning of this was kind of awkward, of like kind of killing Jamie Curtis's character like off screen, essentially. Like, oh yeah, she had this kid, you know, and then they don't even say how her and her husband died unless that's something that's told in in. I think they briefly say it was a car crash. Yeah, like it's it was a, a blink and you'll miss it. Crash? Yeah. Mm -hmm. okay. yeah, very weird. But it yeah. was enjoyable. But yeah, I like I really, really felt bad for Jamie, of course. Like mm -hmm. and and I I would have you know, it would have been a little bit nicer, but it wouldn't have been a Halloween movie if something wacky didn't happen at the end where in this one it's like oh jamie like killed his her her um foster mother and stuff like that and like oh like she's like she it's like a family trait or something like that and yeah it's just random <laughs> but it was it's an enjoyable movie i do think that like i would enjoy three just i haven't watched three yet but i, I do think that like i might enjoy three a bit better when I ever get to see it, but, but yeah. Yeah. So, you know, for me, like I've talked about on this show before, how horror isn't usually my genre of choice, especially slashers. I feel like are really tough for me. And my first experience with this was also when we went through the, the maze at universal. And I was like, this is a really cool maze. And that's kind of what got us talking and eventually landed us on doing this episode of underrated for the for our Halloween episode because this is if you this is coming out on actual Halloween so we had to do a Halloween movie, but I think this is for me everything that I want from a slasher movie. I when I watch a slasher, I know it's not going to be fucking high art. I know it's not mm -hmm. going to be like the you know some some fucking 
avant-garde Stanley Kubrick shit. But if I can get just a movie where it's like, here's the bad guy and he's fucking cumber and just bring it back to base. Like a good slasher movie for me is one where it's just back to the basics of here's the thing. You don't need to overcomplicate this shit. And that's why I really like that this one was kind of a throwback to Halloween one, the original 1978. I think you said, right, Alan Mm -hmm. Uh, was the one, the original. So I, I love that. It was very reminiscent of that. It's like, okay, here's another babysitter thing, but it does Mm -hmm. enough new stuff with that. And I, I think, you know, having it be this, this generational thing was a very smart thing because the best horror movies are ones that play on things in the real world. And you brought it up in another podcast, Alan, about the these people who are victims of abuse often they have been abu they or like abusers have often been victims of abuse and it becomes a kind of a generational horrible cycle. And you see that here and that's why this ending for me was just so effect like when it I because you know it ha- starts happening I was like okay like you said Ariel all these Halloween movies these slashers got to end with a big so I'm like okay we saw oh we saw Alan or we saw not Alan we saw Michael <laughs> <laughs> we saw Michael fall into the hole so he's dead and he's gonna come back at the end then it's just like no it's the little kid and you think she's like she's wearing the costume of Michael from that first scene you're like okay that's an interesting little throwback but it's actually telegraphing to the audience that no this trauma is being continued and that ending is just so just like it just fucking hits you and you're just like wow this this is this this trauma has been continued michael has been defeated but the evil that he instilled has not and i know that like the sequels like you mentioned, Ariel, they kind of explain it away and they have all these like it's like, oh, it was they had a mental link and then there's witches and blah, 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 blah. To me, that stuff, it's fine. That can exist, but it's not interesting to me. That's like the loop when you see like a looper video or something It's like what happened at the end of Inception? It's like, I don't I don't care. I don't want to know what happened. This is the end because the ending. I love ambiguous endings that when they're done well, because they're usually very metaphorical. And this clearly was that metaphor of continued family trauma being passed down, you know, and it's with him having that link of him being her uncle. I don't really want to know what happens next or the reasoning of them trying to make Michael a good guy. I'm not interested in any of that. I love Michael just being this force of evil. And that's all he is in this movie. You don't really know what Michael is. You know he's his, her uncle, but they're just like, he's the fucking boogeyman. He's mm-hmm. out here killing people. He's just this dark force. And I love Loomis coming in and being like, he's not a man. He's he's just pure evil. And that's what it feels like. That's what a good fucking slasher villain is, is when you don't explain it, what it's just this horrible evil force that is out here. He is a literal human personification of just evil there's no rhyme or reason to his killing he's just out here fucking causing havoc and destruction because that's what michael myers is that's what he does and when you over explain that you lose it and and when loomis sees that evil continued in he's almost ready to shoot a kid because he's been come so just engulfed in this fighting of this evil and 
I love it. You just can't escape him. Like, he's just going to keep coming and coming back for you and, like, ripping people's faces off and you shoot him and he just keeps coming back. I thought all of that was fucking spectacular. This movie really, really was one of my favorite slashers, to be honest. I'm super happy to hear because uh, this one, um, you know, I joked in the, in the beginning about Halloween 3. Halloween 3 is one of my absolute favorite like underrated films, but I feel like it's become this popular underrated film. Yeah. So I'm kind of glad, you know, yeah, Halloween four has a maze and, you know, it kind of has like a fan, a fan, like a bunch of people like it and a bunch of fans for it. And the thing was, I was like, you know, Derek, I know you kind of gave me the option of like, you want to do Halloween three or Halloween four. And I was like, you know what? I really want to do Halloween four because I feel like it's a really good underrated one. I know you know J- Joe Bob Briggs did it on uh, Last Drive-In and stuff, but I, and and AMC when I was young, in my teens they they would always show Halloween four and five back to back almost every day during their like October horror fright fest kind of thing. Never showed Halloween six for some reason. Never did it, and um, I'd always watch them back to back like all the time. And I remember I I enjoyed both of them, but. I think at one point I just watched Halloween 4 and I was like, damn, this is really good. And I really dug this a lot more. Halloween 5 has like really weird things like Ariel was explaining. But this one, the more and more I watch it, it, there's so many great little moments that just kind of like, honestly, it could have been a great trilogy, just Halloween, Halloween 2 and Halloween 4, just on its own. That ending, like you said, Derek is perfect. Just the trauma moving on. Uh, Jamie and it just has so many great moments especially the beginning one of my favorite openings of a horror film of all time is this one because of like it just sets the mood so yeah you get the exposition of what happened from Halloween and Halloween 2 to this one and then it has a great shot or great shots of just desolate kind of trees and Halloween decorations and it's quiet, there's like no music usually, you know, you, you think about Halloween with a pumpkin kind of melting or, or like just the pumpkin there and it shows like, oh, John Carpenter, blah, blah, blah. But this one was like, we're going to go a different route and it just sets up the mood and it's such a great, like, I love to watch it right when just that clip alone, I love to watch just, just to see it kind of sets up the mood for October. But yeah, this one, it's just yeah, like you, get, you, like you guys said, there's so much fun to it, there's so much like it kind of does from the original Halloween, but makes it its own. And I really think that Dwight Little understood the character as opposed to Halloween 5, where they try to humanize Michael Myers. And like you guys were saying, I like Michael Myers being this evil force boogeyman. Just you, you don't know what's up with him. You don't know why he's doing it. And, you know, just like how you were saying, Derek, this past weekend, I saw Terrifier 2, which I was really fucking excited about. And it's a super fucking graphic, but also doesn't take itself seriously, slasher flick. Like, it's one of the goriest films I've ever seen. And the slasher villain, Art the Clown, kind of has that same ambiance that Michael Myers is in, like, this film, where he kind of has these weird abilities, I don't want to call them powers, but like you're kind of like, how the fuck do you do that? Just like how Ariel was saying, he stabbed the dude with the shotgun and got him stuck in the wall, and it's like, how the fuck do you do that? And the same thing with Terrifier 2, where like, 
there's things where they don't explain it. You just go, he's just some fucking killer clown and he's just massacring people and there's really no rhyme or reason to it. And yeah, you end up, you end the film going like, what the fuck? Like, why is this, why? And mm-hmm. at the end of the day, that's actually the scariest part. Why? Yeah. And I, I, yeah. I love that they, it just kind of hints at Michael. There's something supernatural about Michael, but they don't tell you. It's like, yeah, this is a guy who can like shish kebab you to the wall with a shotgun. And there's like, he's, he seems supernatural and immortal. We don't know why. Like you said, why is the scariest thing? We don't know what makes this guy tick. And when you try mm-hmm. to give it logic and explanation, it makes it a lot less scary. Mm-hmm. I think that this movie in particular very much informed and, and inspired the new trilogy itself. Mm-hmm. Um, besides, you know, like that that entity of like of Michael Myers being like pure evil from the get go of, of the of the new trilogy and like kind of painting that light of Michael Myers that he just wants to kill yeah Lori Strodes is like his main thing because she's the one that got away but but along the way it's just like it's like yeah like a predator prey kind of situation with that it's just like pure evil going towards her and like that's and then um Lori Strode her, her herself as a character kind of steps into that um Loomis kind of like mm-hmm. um ideology as well and then of course we get we get the the lynch mob uh, in the new trilogy, in, god, in the second movie, yeah, evil dies tonight. Yeah, oh my god! When I was rewatching it, yeah. when I was rewatching it, I was like, "Hey, look at that! Evil dies tonight." They yeah. did it yeah. before already. That's cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and much then, more subtle yeah. in this one. <laughs> yeah, are, are we sure about the subtleness? Because they freaking shot him up like, like, <laughs> like he was, um, at a firing squad at the yeah. end, more so than like, Halloween Kills. <laughs> Kind of, yeah. yeah. The only thing is, we we didn't get the Iron Maiden of Haddonfield, uh, <laughs> in this one. And if you guys remember in Kills, there's that fucking lady with the iron, like the clothing iron. Like she's just like, they're like, bring your weapons, we're gonna beat the shit out of Michael Myers, and she's just standing there with the fucking iron. Like, I love her. Mm-hmm. Most underrated yeah. character of Halloween. Yeah, and um, and yeah, this movie. I mean, this movie, I definitely see. While it's not, you know, like, it's songs not sung main, uh, by a lot of people, I think that it did, act. for the true fans of this franchise, I think it's a very important and, and impactful film because, of because like, you know, we see it, it expanded more or, or like, elements of it kind of sprinkled in in um, the new trilogy. Yeah, like, this movie, I think another reason it's so underrated is that it keeps getting... Buried. This movie has been like retconned out of existence three separate fucking times. Mm-hmm. Like that is wild to me. Uh, so it's just like yeah, the fact that it's like okay, it doesn't count in the new in the H two O trilogy or the H two O whatever. It doesn't count in the zombie one. It doesn't count in the the David Gordon Green. Like they just keep erasing it from existence. Oh, it's it's, it's like it's it's like that Simpsons meme. It's like he's already dead. You know, it's just like they, but they keep like trying to erase it from existence. But it's so good. Yeah, it's, 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 I, I feel like, you know, even when I was, like, watching growing up, I feel like everybody just thinks about the original Halloween and whatever came out at the time. They're like, oh, well, Resurrections fucking sucked, and H2O was pretty good, but it's fine. And, like, it, nobody really thought about it. Everyone was kind of like, well, there's 
you know, Halloween, and there's that fucking weird-ass one with the masks, you know, Halloween 3. And I'm like, yeah, true. And then, you know, sadly, you know, like you said, the Rob Zombie movies came out, which he does a very strange homage to Halloween 4. And I'll be honest, I'm not a fan of the Rob Zombie Halloweens. I like some of his stuff, but it's yeah. very strange when, when you grow up watching Halloween 4 and you see Jamie, you know, D- D- Danielle Harris's character. And then Rob Zombie goes, hey, you know what? I'm going to pay homage to Halloween 4 and I'm going to have Danielle Harris and this one play a teenager and she has a sex scene in it. And I was like, that's fucking weird. Yeah, that's... Because yeah and she's like naked and it felt very strange because i'm like i saw you running away from michael myers as a child and then now raw zombies like let's see you're fucking this with me and i'm like why like it's uh, like that that was my biggest weird thing when i want when i saw the remake i was like mm-hmm. why like i was like cool you know maybe you should have just had her <laughs> yeah and you know whatever but i still yeah. find it super strange mm-hmm. Yeah, Rob Zombie's strange. Who knew? Yeah, it's what a wildcat, right? (laughs) But yeah, it's sad that that's kind of the only homage we ever get to Halloween Four. I mean, maybe they. I hoped you know the the David Gordon Green trilogy, the new ones. He he took. I mean, yeah, I think he took a lot of inspiration from it for Halloween twenty eighteen, and Evil Dies Tonight for kills. But yeah, I feel it would have been. It would have been nice to like. I don't know if if her daughter's name is jamie in the new trilogy i don't think so but it would have been nice to at least her even if her daughter was still named jamie or her or her granddaughter was named jamie like even that kind of homage would have been a nice touch you know that would have been really cool yeah i can't remember the characters names for the life of me but uh, karen is is her name karen, um, of course yeah. that actress is karen of course yeah i say like goodbye always... to these michael yeah <laughs> But I mean, the, I mean, in in a way, they made Jamie's character an homage to Laurie Strode by naming her Jamie, mm-hmm. like yeah. Jamie yeah. Lee Curtis. I was like, I, I don't know, I don't know if there's confirmation out there that that that, that is a thing. But, I, yeah. I, yeah, I read the same thing, and it was like I don't know, it was on Wikipedia, so but seems legit. Yeah, I yeah. think it would be. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm gonna take a little, I'm gonna steal a little trivia from uh joe bob briggs because i was watching it on i, I was watching the H- halloween forum on his uh last drive-in and the guy who gets killed on um the, the electrical stuff where, where he yeets him i yeah. guess he has his own like dedicated website and it's like just for him just because his name's character? bucky yeah his name's bucky uh-huh. Uh-huh. and they just have a website and he has like a whole fan following just for that guy who's on screen for like what thirty seconds, mm-hmm. so I just wanted to throw it out there. I just thought it was so funny that I'm like, really? I mean, I guess that's how like buried this movie is. That like, mm-hmm. you know, when you think of Halloween, you think about the first one, not Halloween four, and yeah. So I don't know. I I just like how like, and it's so funny that it has its own maze. Like yeah. That oh, well, that was so weird to me. Like that was one thing when like I I said it to you guys when we were going. I was just like, I was like, why a Halloween four maze? Like not Halloween one, and it was just like right when Halloween kills is coming. Not the new one, not the classic one, 
but this super fucking random one. And like I, I didn't go on it with you guys that time. I went on it back in two thousand nine, and I, and I remember I was like, "Oh, this is pretty cool," but I still found it so strange that I was like, "This time around, I'm like, what? Why not make one for the twenty eighteen Halloween? Yeah, or kills like you said. I'm like, I guess, but maybe someone at Universal just loves the fuck out of four and was like, I need to have this. Maybe they were trying to show like, look, this one is so fucking underrated. You guys gotta fucking make the maze specifically about it. Because did they have in the maze? I, I don't remember it because it's been over ten years since I've mm-hmm. been on it. Did they have Jamie running around in it like a little girl? Yeah, Jamie. Jamie shows pops up at at least the end. Like she's at the top. She's it's like, like oh, really it's like after she's after yeah. she's killed, right? Oh, okay. Yeah, she's yeah. at the end at least. Um, in that maze too. There's like a hallway of like. Oh, because I get it, yeah. Because they, there's that moment of like multiple, um, Mike Myers. Oh, yeah, the fucking yeah. the nope scene where they it's like the kids wearing the fucking uh, Michael Myers masks and yeah, and Loomis is like ah, oh, there's everywhere. They just yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. Yeah, yeah. That's right. Um, Which, but no. there's a, there's like a hallway of like you know those those mirrors that like mm-hmm. um go in and out of like transparent, non-transparent. There's like a hallway in the maze that's like multiple Michaels, and I'm like, why? Why is that? There's not like a a fun a fun house kind of scene. Yeah, I was like, waiting oh, it's for probably, that. It's like scene. an homage yeah. kind to that to that like mm-hmm. um all those like teenagers wearing this wearing the mask yeah. and stuff. So yeah, I, I want to share real fast just something from the maze because I you guys you guys know that I'm like usually kind of a hard person to scare at those kind of things. So I was always the one who's going in first, you know. And this was that was the one time that it really fucking got me was at the Halloween uh, four maze, which I, by the way, like props to like you said, whoever made it, because like it's so random and obscure. And that's what like drew me to it. I was like, let's fucking go on this one. Like this is mm-hmm. but and, you know, if you if you plan on going on the Halloween four maze like soon, just skip past this. It's, this is coming out on Halloween, so it's probably over by now. Um, but like it's, it's the original hall. It, it might come back in rotation years yeah. late years down if you, the line. If yeah. you plan on going on it, skip this part. But um, just quick little aside. This really fucking got me because there's all these like Pepper's ghost things where you see there's like or Michael Myers is and they're like at they they kind of like flash and then you see them behind the screen and that's supposed to be the jump scare and then you know they're like bang on the screen and then you're like okay there they are and that happens like six or seven times throughout the maze. And then at the very end, you see there's a, the same exact setup, and you're like, okay, here, they're about to do... The, like, I see that Michael Myers is right here. There's another screen there. They're about to do the Pepper's Ghost. But they fuck, they get you. They fucking get you because it's like psych. It's not actually... There's no glass there. They just have done that to you so many times that you're thinking, oh, here's the glass. Here he is. And there's no glass. And then I'm like walking by, and then he just reaches out with his knife and starts yeah. to like... At me. And I was just like, nope, nope, nope. He just got the fuck out of there. That was the one goddamn time that they really got me at that fucking mm-hmm. that haunt. That was that was great. So props to them for fucking lulling me into a false sense of security because that was some good shit. I remember that now. Yeah, it's it's been so long. Yeah, that that as soon as you were like the fake window or glass thing, mm-hmm. I remember because I fucking jumped. I mean, I love <laughs> to get scared. So I mean, you guys saw me fucking yelling and screaming at every little thing, but. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I remember that. that. As soon as you said it, I was like, oh my god, yeah, because I, I remember looking at it. 
same thing, sense of security, and then I fucking was like, boop, like jumped. <laughs> I was like, oh my fucking god, and yeah, it was a lot of fun. It's, it's the same thing. Out. Yeah, it's the same thing as like Jaws. How in Jaws, whenever the the shark is coming, they do it. So you get it like subconsciously in your head. You're like, okay, I know that Jaws is kind of, and that's why the scariest thing is when he's just fucking chumming, and then without any musical cue, this shark just comes into the screen, and you're like, ah, oh, fuck that! It's the same concept, the same concept mm-hmm. of they they lull you into a false sense of security. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's great. I wanted to ask too. What did you guys think of? Um, I always thought it was kind of a random scene, and then kind of watching uh, Last Drive-In, he kind of he kind of pointed out something really interesting. What did you guys think about the scene with the priest where Dr. Loomis gets picked up? Um, I thought it's kind of like, like it, it, it's just, it continued that, that notion of like this entity of evil. I think that Loomis, I think Loomis very much found like a common, uh, or like a very similar soul to himself in a weird way with that one of, of just, they both have this kind of belief of like a, a true evil kind of thing and that it could just embody a person. And I think that that's why he like accepts like the, the swig of like, I'm guessing really bad alcohol because he, it, it, it takes a while for him to swallow it. But um, yeah, it's just kind of like, Oh, this, this guy like kind of like gets what I've been saying to everybody all this time. Like I'm not the only like, crazy per- person in this world that like has this notion of evil and stuff so yeah i i found like it, it did kind of serve its purpose in that way mm-hmm. yeah yeah i honestly i took a note on that scene because i thought it was great i loved that scene because like all the stuff ariel's saying it really does drive home the purpose of like there is this just like evil out in the world and this guy is so obsessed with it and he is kind of a mirror for um loomis and how loomis is just like yeah he is so one-minded of like oh i just have to destroy evil and that's all that he thinks about that he is just kind of like even though he is a priest he's just like lost all other morality that he's just like fucking like swigging like probably like some terrible bourbon or whatever while he's driving and it's just like is kind of like this insane obsessive and so that's what loomis is or is has already become or is becoming because by the end of the movie you see that Loomis has kind of lost that morality where he's ready to shoot a kid because, like, he sees Michael in her and he sees that same evil and he is that kind of obsessed with destroying evil that he has lost his objective morality. So I thought that was some really interesting kind of foreshadowing to that. Well, yeah, I'm going to be real. When I first saw it, you know, in my teens, went right over my head. I was kind of just like, that's some weird 80s slasher shit. (laughs) <laughs> I was like, all right, I guess he's hanging out. I, it, I think that my biggest takeaway from that was you guys pretty much hit, hit the nail on the head that uh, Joe Bob Briggs said. Uh, but my biggest takeaway when I was a teen and I saw it, he goes like, "Hey, would you like would you like to have would you, uh, would you like to have a drink?" And Donald, I felt like it was Donald Pleasance himself going, "Yeah, fuck yeah," because like you never see <laughs> Doctor Loomis's eyes glow so big other than when he sees Michael but he looks at that swig of like bourbon or whatever and he just has a like oh yeah yeah like he just looks like a kid who just got offered like candy he's like yeah and he just takes (laughs) the swig and like he just doesn't care he's just like yeah and then the priest starts singing and he just kind of looks at him and I always I every time I rewatch it I think he's gonna be like what the fuck but he just kind of looks at him like 
Yeah, that's cool, man. Yeah, yeah. what you gotta do. He's like, I'm trying to kill some of a bitch over here with the blackest eyes. And then this guy's like, I'm looking for the, the apocalypse. And I was like, yeah, you know what? I see it now. I see why <laughs> kind of a, a very weird piece like in a pod. Two yeah, two ships passing in the night. Kind of. Exactly. <laughs> yes, exactly. Perfect. Perfect way to say it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no, I'm glad you guys dug it. It's I, I always like to rewatch it all almost every year just for fun. Um, I think I've probably seen it more times the origi- than the original Halloween. And it's just, I don't know, it's kind of nostalgic for me because it was always on mm-hmm. on AMC. And I, you know. I think like maybe AMC. it was cheaper. I, I wouldn't be, because, uh, like, how connected was, like, John Carpenter to this one? Is it more so, like, it was just, like, a based on Jar- John Carpenter kind of, like, thing? And so... Yeah, probably. I feel like, cause oh. I, actually, I actually saw this quote the other day, or this, like, clip of John Carpenter where he was just, like, uh, I think they asked him, like, what's your favorite thing about, like, being a filmmaker or some shit like that? And he's like, oh, my favorite thing is when I'm sitting on the couch and I hear that they're making... Oh, I think it was like, how do you feel about them always me- making new Halloween movies? And he goes, oh, you know what it is? Like, I like to sit on the couch and I'm there and then all of a sudden I stick my hand out and a fucking check just lands in my hand. <laughs> and I think he just has this, like, he probably has like rights to it or something mm-hmm. like royalties. So I think for him, you know, I, I think he's been more closer yeah. to these ones doing the music for mm-hmm. the David Gordon Green uh, trilogy. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, think I, did, I, I did like the music, by the way, in this one a lot. Like it, I felt like this was a pretty fire remix of the theme song. Mm. I want to say he might have worked on the on the, the score for this one because C- he did do the score for Halloween three. Mm-hmm. Which is a fucking incredible score, and I think yeah that they, they were probably like, hey man, we we need you back because in that time, you know, the whole thing with Halloween three for people who don't know, it doesn't have Michael Myers in it, and it's its own original story. How Ariel was explaining earlier, it's kind of they're trying to go with like like John Carpenter wanted to go like an anthology route, and yeah, essentially I think they went, oh fuck, we really fucked up, and I think Mustafa Akkad, who was like one of the big producers on it was like, hey, we need, to ma- we need to bring this fucker back and we need to fix everything. And they've had to have gotten John Carpenter to come back and, and fix it. I believe, I believe he probably worked on the score. And uh, it says I, Alan Horwath, but yeah, I guess they, he, yeah, I think, I think in the credits it said like, it's more based on like, yeah. Um, yeah. the John Carpenter. Yeah. The, the, yeah. But, okay. Yeah. I'm wondering if, so like with it be, always being like a rerun kind of like a um, movie, like you said, Alan, I'm wondering if it, if it's just because of its lack of popularity, it's just maybe cheaper to put on TV and stuff. Like it, that. Yeah, like it might yeah. be like how how fucking Jason takes Manhattan, which is like the worst Friday the Thirteenth movie, <laughs> yeah. was always on TV. Like it was always on fucking Bravo or some shit. Probably because like uh-huh. like yeah, they, this movie did really bad. So let's just we don't we don't care about the rights. We'll just let them go. Yeah, and they just yeah. play it over the over and over again. So everybody's fucking yeah. seen it. Yeah, it's very much like a thing that was was common in the '90s, early knots, of of just these random ass films like just being on television, and then that's what spawns you know cult classics as well because because like you know people our age like who grew up on that verge of of cable television and the, that content you know they they we've made pop culture and with that. 
Well, yeah, that's what happened with like It's a Wonderful Life, for example, is somebody mm-hmm. fucked up the TV rights for that so they could just play it all the time on Christmas, and so it became a Christmas classic just because it was always on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're yeah. absolutely right. Yeah, it's just that's all that was on, you know, like... Yeah, I think during that month, I, I can't remember what other films were there, but I remember it was a lot of just, like, whatever the fuck they can get. Like, I, I, I vaguely remember the other films because, like, I swear they showed Halloween 4 and 5, like, every other day. And then closer to Halloween, they would show, like, The Thing or Hellraiser, something like a, big, a bigger one. But they're like, we only have yeah. this and this. And then Halloween Day, Halloween Night they would just show fucking Halloween 24 hours, like the whole yep. time. Mm-hmm. So yeah, like we, that's all we really had. I mean, this, this, you know, I don't, I don't mean to be that old guy and be like, well, my generation, but yeah, at our time, like that's all we really had. Whatever was on TV, you know, we didn't have the, the, the chance to go and find it. I mean, yeah, we can go to a, a video store or whatever, go buy DVDs and stuff. But when you're a kid and you're a teenager and you're like, well, I'm just going to watch whatever's on TV and you watch whatever's on TV. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, all, all my whole, all of the movies I watched were ones that were recorded on VHS tapes from something that was on TV. So usually the first five minutes were missing. You would get the commercial, like the start of the, of the commercial break. You would get like the voiceover in the credits. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's kind of how, uh, Fred, one of our old hosts, um, and I would watch like anime and stuff. Like, you know, they'd show anime at like two in the morning, and he'd pop in a VHS and record it. And we would always, like you said, we'd miss it. Like that's the only way we able to watch it. It's like, oh, look at this new anime, like fucking Tenchi Muyo or some shit. Mm-hmm. And we're like, well, if we want to watch it, that's we either have to stay up two, three in the morning to watch it, or fucking record it on VHS. Yep. No DVR. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, no, I, I uh, really appreciate you guys checking it out and watching it. You know, as much as I love Halloween three, I I feel like this one really deserves a little bit more love. And you know, if you want to hear some trivia and everything about it, go and go on. Uh, you know, no, this is no plug at all whatsoever to Shutter. I'm just a big fan of Shutter and, and Last Drive-In. But they have an episode for Halloween four. They also do Halloween as well, the first one with Joe Bob Briggs. So definitely check that out. It's a lot of fun. And yeah, uh, you guys have any last things to say about it? No, I definitely see why it's like a, not just a cool classic, but but a Halloween, like, um, you know, like a Halloween fan favorite because of, of like the reminiscence of, of the original, but then also, you know, it adds a little bit more lore to it. Yeah, definitely. Even if you're a skeptical slasher person like I am, I think this is worth a watch, uh, especially in the spooky season. Mm-hmm. For sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I would recommend, if you want to watch some Halloween movies, you know, Michael Myers, definitely Halloween, Halloween 4. I really like the new ones a lot too, so I'd recommend Halloween 2018, Halloween Kills. And if you want something really different and something out of there, Halloween 3, of course. I'm, I'm going to be pushing that shit till the day I die, so <laughs> definitely check them out. Mm -hmm. but yeah well uh we also have a couple of other shows that we do so take it away guys yeah i have my podcast as always first of the month of you've never seen um we got some good ones coming up we got uh derek with the uh uh, the uh, day after today (laughs) uh actually 
Derek talking about oh my god I can't think summer of stock summer stock thank you yeah, yeah we're going to be yeah. talking about summer stock um which is uh something that that we we kind of like I had mentioned as a as a favorite of mine during our vintage collection and um so yeah so Derek's going to be um watching that for the first time and then um of course our Christmas classic of trade off a uh, holiday trade offs that our annual holiday trade off between me and Alan um where you know he always introduces me to his favorite of Halloween Halloween movie and I always introduce him to my favorite um Christmas movies so so yeah the next one is I think it's like freaking elf like like of all things but yeah uh huh so yeah look forward to that in the next coming months yeah unfortunately the, the, my favorite holiday Thanksgiving never gets any movies made about it so we'll find you something we'll find you hey, something. Uh, you know what next, if you're down next, next November <laughs> like hey I'll give you a year Derek to, to find a Thanksgiving, <laughs> to find a Thanksgiving film. movie okay yeah all right, all right, fair enough, mm-hmm. fair enough. Well, I got two suggestions already for you, Derek. Okay. And the first one is going to be Thanksgiving, the little trailer. We could do a five-minute episode on the trailer of Thanksgiving from the uh, from the Death Proof Planet Terror uh, Grindhouse thing, where <laughs> it's a whole horror movie about Thanksgiving, and it's fucking hilarious. It's really funny. And then secondly, Sam Raimi Spider-Man. Oh yeah, that's true. Oh yeah, yeah. Thanksgiving movie. I'm yeah, getting the turkey pita. Just, a, yeah. just a part of it. <laughs> yeah, I count it as a Thanksgiving movie. I fucking love it. So There's good. also Thanksgiving as well. Like that's another like B C level horror movie that's just ridiculous of a movie. Yeah. But yeah. And then there's Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. I should mention that one. That's a thing. Oh, yeah, well, I actually go. have never seen that one, so we could do that oh, one next week. Yeah, next, me either. Yeah, next Thanksgiving. Ooh, yeah. that'd be a good one. There okay, you go. All right. I will all right, not watch go. it for a whole year. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right, yeah. Well, that didn't take me long to figure that one out. All right, cool. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Damn, we did it, well, there everybody. you go. We did it. Right. We did it. On, I didn't on need, camera. I didn't need a year. <laughs> yeah, on camera. All too easy. Yeah, for sure. And then, yeah, also just want to mention that uh, we have uh, the Infinity Stones and Dragon Bones podcast uh, where I talk about the MCU. Uh, so there's one that just came out, and then we've got another one coming out on Black Panther in just a couple weeks. But the big news is since we are building up to our 100th episode here of Underrated, which is going to be coming out at the end of the year, the day after Christmas, December 26th, we are building up to that, and I am going to be starting... Uh, this week, so in like a couple days, and this Wednesday, we are going to be releasing season two of Gateway episodes, uh, starting with the episode with the three of us, where I introduce Alan and Ariel to the Queen's Gambit, and then every Wednesday, um, leading up until right before that 100th episode of Underrated, we are going to be doing a new episode of Gateway episodes, where I introduce someone to a TV show, or someone introduces me for season two, we're going to be specifically talking about miniseries. I've got most of that already in the can, so already mostly recorded and edited. But yeah, I, I've been having a lot of fun with that, so definitely check that out, guys. And we're going to be doing a live sh- uh, or not a live show, but a kind of live watch for um, for Stardust on the same day it comes out. So if you guys want to watch that movie with us, uh, join us in the Discord. Um, the link to the Discord is just going to be in the description. And uh, yeah, we're going we're gonna to be doing that. And then just want to give a real quick shout out to a couple shows that I've been on recently that I want some people to check out. I was on an existential trilogy by Robert Black, a minute by minute trilogy. We talked about an Groundhog Day. We talked about Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. And we talked about Ex Machina. 
So I talked about Minute 29 of all of those. That was a lot of fun. I was also on a Cozy Christmas podcast recently, which I think I mentioned in the last episode. Uh, and then I was on a podcast called D54 and one called Common Ride With Me, where I talked about uh, Robocop. And then, of course, I have to mention that I was also on a friend of the show, Matt's uh, podcast, the Matt and Mark Movie Show. Got to go on there and talk some more about Werewolf by Night. I uh, had a ton of fun with that. So, um, shout out to a couple of my podcast friends. I've been on all those shows. And then, I'm, as always, I'm on the show um, with my friend Damien. Can I say something where we kind of talk about recent pop culture um, stuff or just whatever we've been watching recently. So, give some love to, to those guys as well because um, they've been really cool and uh, they've had me on. So, yeah. Uh, but thank you, everyone, for listening. And... Uh, Happy Halloween, and uh, have a very, very spectacular day. Happy Halloween! You guys want to know how Michael survived that fucking explosion at the end of Halloween 4? How? How? He fucking slips through a tunnel, and then goes into another coma, and some random fucking dude takes care of him for one year, and then Halloween day in Halloween 5, he wakes up and he goes, I'm going to go kill again. Happy Halloween, everybody. Have a good one.